0: Lead anchor from MLB Network, of course, a product of the Lindenwood University and a native of St. Louis. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well before anyone gets on social media and
2: they think, oh, Randy Carrick and Greg Amsinger must not be friends anymore. They didn't hang out in Arizona, <laughs> even though they were there at the same time. We were in the same state. I think it was less than 24 hours. Yeah. And I was trying to make my way to see you, but I had all kinds of crazy Team USA stuff going on. But you know, you know me, Randy. I, I am a loyal character guy, and if I could have, I would have. But I just couldn't make it work.
0: I know that. I'm, I'm making my way to New York, by the way, this summer, so that we can play golf up at your club. Oh, that
2: would be great!
0: Yeah, yes, we're do that. <laughs> play golf on my dime for a change. You've already <laughs> taken
2: me out. Play some golf on my dime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> will do. Hey, I want to ask this first, and I know this is really a uh, – it might be a, a broad question because we're talking about 30 Major League Baseball teams. But do you think an injury like the one that Edwin Diaz suffered last night will make teams pause about allowing their players to participate in the World Baseball Classic in the future?
2: Well, listen – um at the end of the day and by the way, it was awful. Witness what I witnessed last night, what we all saw. I was on the phone with Harold and Dan Pleasak and just talking about this. It was crazy to watch. That that injury um, could have happened. I mean that, that to me that's the equivalent of like falling down the steps at your house. I mean <laughs> you can't put these guys in bubble wrap. It was a wonderful moment for Puerto Rico, uh, for all of them to be jumping up and down and a freak things happen. I mean Injuries are part of life. It it, it is what it is. We are all going to be injured before our time on this earth comes to an end. It's just, that's just how life works that way. Uh, It wasn't wearing tear on his arm, his elbow didn't blow out. Even if that happened, at the end of the day, we all have to be caretakers. I say we, we that work in the sport of baseball, we have to be caretakers of the game. First and foremost, we have to put our individual uh, needs and aspirations off to the side and go, what's good to grow the game of baseball? The World Baseball Classic is good for the game of baseball. That atmosphere, the Latin America Super Bowl is what they were calling that, that was great for baseball. It was so sad to watch Puerto Rico and their players cry after they beat the Dominican Republic, who was favored to win the whole thing and knock them out of the tournament because of edwin diaz's knee but i just do not think that the the knee-jerk reaction to this is up there you go a superstar got hurt we got to end this tournament that's not good for the game the moment was bad for the mets no doubt it was but we still have to be caretakers of the sport as a whole and the wbc is good for baseball
1: Spring training was really supposed to be a chance for Paul DeYoung to redeem himself. I think it's safe to say that and fight his way back into this conversation. But we're two weeks out from opening day and he still has only 13 at-bats because of multiple injuries. What do you see his future with the Cardinals and what that means for him going into the season?
2: I think his defensive versatility is going to keep him in the mix. Um, And again, Paul DeYoung is a deep thinker. He, to me, he reminds me so much of Matt Carpenter. From the the mentality of hitting perspective, if you talk to both guys, uh, Matt Carpenter got, kind of got lost into all of his uh, swing thoughts for a while, and now he's kind of come out of it in the later stages of his career. He actually said in the minor leagues that the pitch clock helped him. He didn't have as much time to try to think what the pitcher was going to set him up with and throw to him. So uh, Paul DeYoung still has this ability to hit 30 home runs and play up the middle in the infield. That is always going to be a coveted skill set. Now, will he be the starting shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals ever again? I don't think so, at least not on a regular basis. But his ability to to play other positions... I think keeps him in the mix. He's a great clubhouse guy. Everyone loves him. Um, if he's not injured, he's a pretty dependable guy in terms of what you're going to get. Uh, I just think I, I think he's going through it right now, and he knows he's lost a starting job. Whether or not he can prove that he still has enough to be a starter in this league uh, it remains to be seen because I, I think he would probably prefer to be traded, to be set somewhere else. Uh, to get a chance. But the way he's swinging the bat right now and his ability to stay on the field, he's not going to have a lot of suitors. One of the reasons that uh, Paul DeYoung may not be long for the Cardinals is because of one Mason win. I know he struggled his last couple of games, but what have you seen from him and his potential? We don't think he'll be here, obviously, opening day, but is he going to be here sooner than most people thought? I've had conversations with all my friends at work. Uh, Dan O'Dowd, the uh, former GM of the Colorado Rockies, is one of my cohorts for the uh, MLB draft. He knows all of these young prospects, as well as anyone, as well as the guys from MLB Pipeline, like Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. And he told me this is the kid that, that if people in St. Louis wondered why the Cardinals weren't on Correa or Trey Turner or any of the other shortstops, they believe in what they have, and they think Mason Wynn is going to be a perennial all star shortstop. Uh, he completely concurs. This is the best infield arm that baseball has seen since Sean Dugston in the 80s the former number one overall pick with the chicago cubs this is a cannon of a shortstop arm he'll play that position for a long time his bat is going to impress the the defense the arm is what got him so much attention but the bat is just blowing the lid off the expectations for mason Wynn. so he's expecting uh a kid with an upside he told me this of a francisco lindor offensively that that's how good Mason Wynn can be 20 plus homers could be a 90 to 100 RBI guy with all of his speed with the new rules could steal 30 bags perennially and he could buy for a gold glove at shortstop that's everything you want that's everything you want and if you look at the young talent up and down the board what the Cardinals are doing and this is what Dan O'Dowd told me he said Randy Flores needs to be a GM somewhere if there is a hot Ticket item that if you're looking for a new front office leader, Randy Flores, who's been the scouting director for the Cardinals, who has been po- pointing out all the young players and, and working with his scouts so incredibly well to recognize who they should roll the dice on in the first, second, third rounds and then develop them properly. The Cardinals aren't missing. And there's so much better at this than everyone else. Randy Flores is, is going to have to get an opportunity to be a GM. And according to my guy, Dan O'Dowd, that's going to happen sooner than later. So, Greg, you're telling me that my pick, I picked earlier this week that the Cardinals would win the World Series. You're telling me I'm not crazy in that pick. Well, listen, I'm <laughs> um, the top 100 right now. There's a formula that going into the year, you need five top 100 players to win the World Series. This is what we've learned since starting this show back in 2009 no team won the world series without having at least five top 100 players going into the year cardinals have four four made the list but i would like to argue with that formula because if jordan walker can literally be one of the top 100 players as a rookie then i i sort of think that that can work his way into the gray area of this formula and the Cardinals could do it if he is and Dan O'Dowd likes to call superstars in the game aircraft carriers hmm. <laughs> he calls him already an aircraft carrier he's already <laughs> referring to George Walker as an aircraft carrier he says the Cardinals have three aircraft carriers and Goldie Arenado, and Walker if you have three players like that in the middle of your order anything can happen. The pitching is going to be the biggest question for the Cardinals, but they got so much young talent that they could seemingly acquire anything they need as they get closer and closer to the postseason.
0: Greg, you mentioned Sean Dunstan, who was the first pick in the 1982 draft. In 1985, Whitey Herzog was talking about that draft, and he said the Cubs were actually considering taking Dwight Gooden, but they decided to go with the guy with the best arm.
2: <laughs> yes! Yes, <laughs> and that's, oh, Look, man, I will never forget my favorite. Player and like who I emulated myself as as a as a really bad young baseball player that I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a left-handed first baseman. I thought I was a pretty good defensive first baseman. I didn't hit for a lot of power, but it was it was hard to strike me out. I loved Mark Grace. I loved the way Mark Grace played first base. And to watch Sean Dunston get a, a you know a two hopper to short, and then he would crow hop like three <laughs> or four times, and then throw 108 <laughs> miles an hour in the dirt. And I was always wondering, is is Mark Race wearing a cup because Sean Dunstan (laughs) played shortstop? I mean, he needed catcher's gear. And he always picked it out of the dirt. It was awesome to watch. But, yeah, Sean Dunstan was one of the great talents when he entered the game. I don't know if I would have taken you know, him over Doc Gooden, but you know, <laughs> if it's Sunday morning. Monday morning, morning quarterback, it always seems to be the case.
0: MLB Network's Greg Amzinger on 101 ESPN. Hey, Greg, you saw Steven Matz a lot a couple of years ago when he was with Toronto and went 14-7. He's had a very good spring. And up until that year with Toronto, he really had not had a great run. What do you think the upside for a guy like Steven Matz is in the Cardinal rotation?
2: He is on the short list of my comeback players of the year in the National League. Uh, if I was going to rank them, I would put Chris Bryant number one. I think he's going to be insanely good for the Colorado Rockies. Didn't play 60 games, didn't hit a home run at Coors Field, uh, but when he did play, he was hit over 300. I think he's going to put up crooked numbers this year. He's my frontrunner for NL comeback player of the year. Number two on that list would be Michael Conforto, who's having a great spring with the San Francisco Giants. He loved being a Met. He wanted to day there wasn't going to work out he's got something to prove all of a sudden that ballpark is like a bandbox. i when did that happen i mean barry bobs is hitting bobs into the cove no one else could mm-hmm. and now the giants are like well the top home run hitting teams in baseball conforto's gonna enjoy the riches of that he's gonna have a monster year and i put stephen matts third i think stephen matts is is one of the most overlooked starters right now in the game, and people were wondering you know, after Jose Quintana came over at deal and pitched so well for the Cardinals, why wouldn't the Cardinals? Because it wasn't a steep contract. A couple of years, you're going to get deal done, bring Quintana back. Who now is injured? He's out. They found a legion underneath his ribs because they have surgery. He's going to be gone for a while. The Mets really having some poor luck when it comes to health. But the, one of the reasons why the Cardinals didn't try to bring Quintana back, they still believe in what they have in Stephen Matz, and I don't blame him. When Stephen Matz is right. I always go back to what our analysts say at NLB Network, the John Smoltz, the Pedro Martinez, the Dan Sacks, the Outliers. The guys are really no pitching. And when they are mesmerized by a guy's talent, and especially if that guy is a left-handed pitcher, then I'm always keeping that guy on my radar. Like, they never bailed on Andrew Heaney. Even when Andrew Heaney had an ERA around six for the Angels, all those guys loved Andrew Heaney. I didn't know why. They've always loved Stephen Matz and they still think Steven Matz is going to put it all together. I always keep that in the back of my mind because left-handers take a little bit longer to develop for some reason. I'm left-handed. So it took me a while. I feel like I'm an acquired taste. At first, you're like, whoa, this is over the top. This is way too much. But over time, I'm a lefty. I just, I kind of grow on you. I'm like the taste of coffee. (laughs) When you're a kid, you're like, you spit it out. You're like, this is ridiculous. I hate coffee. I'm never drinking coffee. Oh, you just wait, young man. You just wait. You'll be at Starbucks like the rest of us. That's what I am. And I think that's what left handers are. I think that's what Stephen Mabs is going to be.
1: Real quick, Greg. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot going on in the network side of things with RSN's Diamond owner of RSN's for 40 plus teams filing bankruptcy. Major League Baseball coming up with a statement that was pretty lengthy, but I thought the end was really telling about how they're viewing this in the long term. It says, "Over the long term, we will reimagine our distribution model to address the changing media climate and ultimately reach an even larger number of fans." What do you think that this will mean for the future of broadcasting games for Major League Baseball?
2: Well, I. First off, you hate seeing people uh, concerned about their livelihood. So the people that are working at these RSNs, I, I, you know, I I never want to say something's exciting when people are concerned if they're still going to have their salaries. Right. So it is a changing time and with change, there's always going to be the, you know, uncomfortable moments. And that's where we're at right now. Um, That said you know, Commissioner Rob Manfred has been the uh, the biggest punching bag for baseball fans than any commissioner. Why? He is willing to do things outside the box, and he's willing to change the game. And anytime you mess with baseball and you want to alter it or evolve it in any way, the purists come out and they just can't stand you. And Rob Manfred is totally okay with that. As a lifelong negotiator, labor negotiator, he's he's comfortable with people not liking him. (laughs) It's okay. He's used to it by now. Okay. He's been through so many negotiations. This is going to be a massive undertaking. And as you see details come out in the next couple of weeks, just remember that the commissioner of baseball wants this one thing more than anything. He wants baseball games to be accessed by baseball fans easier than ever before. Whenever baseball fans want to watch a game, He wants to make it as easy as ever before. He wants it to be when you need it, you want the content of baseball, it is on your device, it's on your TV, it's on your phone. He's trying to get it to you without any restrictions. That is his number one focus. Does it reimagine the revenue model for Major League Baseball teams who are used to getting a a gigantic check from media members who are signed up to produce their games? Yes. And to me, I think baseball is essentially being pushed to the forefront, and the other leagues are inevitably going to follow them in this regard. What do I mean by that? They're essentially going to own their own content. They're going to own their own content, and they're going to monetize it on an annual basis. Instead of signing a 10-year contract with immediate power, which sounds good in 2023, but by 2030, you're going, when is this deal up? Or we can be making so much money on this deal. This is a way to own their own content, get rid of all blackouts, That that word will never be used again, which is a beautiful thing. People can access Cardinal Baseball from all over the country whenever they want. Um, It's it's where the industry is headed. It's where it needs to be heading, unfortunately, for those that are worried about, you know, if they're still going to have a job. But at the end of the day... Baseball will be wherever you want it to be, on your phone, device, TV, and there will be no more blackouts. I think that's the future of this, and that's where it needs to be.
0: If I can find Greg Amzinger on my phone, I'm a happy camper, man.
2: Oh, man, you and everyone else, man. Thank you. For... <laughs> I, I spend way too much money on hairspray for people not to want to see. No you doubt. Know. You're that the best. The
0: yep. Hey, thanks for coming on with us. We always appreciate it. Have a great day. We'll be tuned to MLB Network. MLB uh, Tonight? Tonight? Uh, no, I'm actually off a
2: couple of days. Uh, okay. I'm going to be I'm going to get on a plane Saturday morning. I'll be in Miami for the semifinals and finals of the World Baseball Classic. So you'll see me on the field in Marlins Park the next time I'm on MLB tonight. It'll be fun.
0: We'll be tuned in, and it'll be fun to have a championship game back in Marlins Park. Yeah, man, absolutely. All right, see you later. Take care. That is Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, here on 101 ESPN.